What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Art of Craftsmanship podcast. My name is Dustin O'Hara, and I'm here with my brother and co-host, Devin. Hello. And we are joined today by the infamous Roy Scott from Vintage Axe Works. Roy, <laughs> what's infamous. up, man? Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> How's it going, guys? Good, man. Great. All right, Devin, what do you got for us? Here we go. The Bible quote. <laughs> Run it. First Timothy 5.8. Oh, my God. But if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for members of his household... He has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. And I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder, one of the four beasts saying, Come and see, and I saw, and behold, a white horse. Johnny Cash. Yeah. <laughs> Johnny Cash. Yeah. I, uh, so, yeah, Devin, you kind of led, you told me right beforehand that you had those, like, two different uh, quotes to pull from, and you put them together. They do work well together, though. That's mm. a good, like, flawless, uh, <laughs> flawless connection between the two. But I like the, um, the first part about, like, you know, a man supporting, working to support his family, right? That's what we're all doing, making stuff and doing stuff. And hopefully at, you know, at some point that can help us support ourselves and support those around us. I liked, I liked how the Bible's saying, <laughs> if you don't help the people like your family, you're worse than, than an unbeliever. Like you're worse <laughs> than someone going to hell. Like, I don't know. What it is. So you better you're take cool. care of the folks around you or, you know, I don't, what, what's worse than hell? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> um, Russia right now? <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> I had to. I had to, sorry. <laughs> well, as we, uh, so we got to meet Roy up at Maker Camp this past October, and uh, as actually J.C. Messer, who messaged me before we went up and said, hey, if you, when you see Roy, you know, say hi. I forget what he said. He said, uh, call him a douchebag or something like that. And Sucker then also uh, talk to him about uh, joining the podcast. So we talked to you about it then. And, and we joked about it because like you call us that we're like a relatively family friendly podcast, which we yeah. are, you know, not, not out of like any specific reason, just because it's what we, what, what the, the, what we talk about is all just stuff that, you know, it's all maker stuff, but um, we, jo- yeah, yeah, we joked about it. But like, joked about all know, the, uh, the 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 uh, Bible verses in the beginning, so that's where yeah. So that's where that came from. There was a whole big long discussion about Bible verses and like that <laughs> conversation that we had between uh, us three plus Chris Cash. Mm-hmm. That that conversation went well into the night, just about <laughs> podcasts and shenanigans and just kind of yeah. shop talk and having fun. That was a really really good time. That was had a, good a lot time. of fun up there. For sure, and then I, I threw in the uh, the Johnny Cash because as I'm skirting through your um, your Instagram, 
I know a lot of people mm-hmm. give you love on your music taste, and I, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Like, every song, I'm like, nice, nice, okay. Like, 50s rock and roll, right on. Okay, throw in some Pantera. Okay, mm-hmm. Rage Against Machine, right on, right on. A Queen, classic, classic, nice, nice. Well, I've never played a Queen song. Oh, wait, I take that back. Yes, you did. Fat, yes, fat did. Bottom Girls. Fat Bottom yeah. Girls. That's yeah. the only Queen yeah. song that I like. <laughs> okay. I, I found the one, the, 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 the band. The one, one, yeah. <laughs> But no, no music, great. Music's been really super important to me in my life. It's just in um, whenever I was in a rec program, we actually talked about music, and and I forgot the age range, but like, it's really young. I think it's like, I don't know, twelve to eighteen or something. In whenever you're that age, that's the music that you hear. That's the music that you're always gonna love, and mm-hmm. it's really hard to get out of that box. And I'm stuck there. Yeah. Um, my, my dad listened to oldies. He listened to old country. My mom listened to rock and roll. I got into punk rock, hardcore. Um, so whenever I was a teenager, my, my musical tastes were like really, really narrow. I only listened Mm -hmm. to punk rock and hardcore, but I had all of this like foundational stuff that, that wasn't cool to listen to back then. I was like, (laughs) it was before Johnny Cash and Hank Williams and Waylon Jennings was like, you know, cool again. Cool again. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but I've always loved that shit. And I've always loved the doors and the beach boys. I mean, I got, I got in trouble for like thrashing around in the back seat to the beach boys. And my dad was playing a cassette tape when I was like 10. No joke. I fucking love the boys. Wouldn't it be nice? Yeah. Uh, it was actually was a cover of Johnny be good. I think it was just, ah, just nice. a barn burner of a song. I freaking love it. Anyway. Get you going. No, yeah, I, I, I hear you. No, great taste. I also, um, I just introduced my daughter to uh, Hellbilly Deluxe, the Rob Zombie album. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> nice. mm. <laughs> I have that, I, I bought that on vinyl. And then so oh. she, my daughter likes to dance to vinyl, so I pulled that out. And my wife was like, what is this? I was like, oh, this is great. <laughs> so I actually, I saw White, I actually walked out on White Zombie. Like, because... Mm. Uh, and that that was in nineteen. Oh, it's bad that I can remember these years. It was nineteen ninety five. They were um, because the freaking Ramones opened for White Zombie, and mm. in a you know like defiance freaking protest, I was like fuck White Zombie, and I walked out because I saw the Ramones, <laughs> and I was just. I think at that point that was the fifth time I had seen the Ramones. Fourth time. Yeah, fourth time. Nice. What well, doesn't matter? Yeah, the fact the fact that they were opening for White Zombie. Exactly. And around. Exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's that's solid. That's yeah. good. Yeah. But I mean, I looking so, back yeah. on it, I mean, I I think didn't Metallica play Lollapalooza in '96? I think they were the headliners. I think they were. Uh, yeah. And I walked out on them twice because I saw the Ramones two times on the Lollapalooza <laughs> tour. I saw Rage Against the Machine on the Lollapalooza tour. And I saw Waylon Jennings up in Indianapolis, um, same same tour. He was on Lollapalooza with the Ramones and Rancid. Yeah, it was nuts. So um, so he went on he went on before the Ramones and he walked out before the Ramones. You're like, you can't no, put him. No, <laughs> it, it was It was like Rancid. And then the Ramones, and then Waylon. I stuck around for some Waylon Jennings, and then I was like, I'm not gonna watch Metallica. And and again, like hindsight, I'm I'm like getting back into Metallica. I've never really <laughs> been into Metallica. Let me. I need to clarify that. I've never really been into them. They were just too thrashy, and I don't really like James Hetfield's vocals. 
but anyway. We could talk about music for fucking ever. <laughs> yeah, we could. I, mean, maybe we will. I love I'll, I love Metallica. I've loved Metallica since I was like in high school and and started getting into more metal. Um, yeah, we all, we all like Metallica. Is the the yeah. intro the the intro drug yeah. right? It's like yeah. the easy way to get into to it's heavy the gateway. rock. <laughs> the, the gateway, the gateway right. drug to, to metal. Taste just taste a little bit. Oh, this one song's kind of interesting, and then you're then you're right. Pantera cranked at the top. <laughs> I have a great it's, story. So when I was uh, when I was in high school, I was mm-hmm. into Metallica, and I was right. I wrote all the lyrics out to Metallica One. You mm-hmm. know, it's like darkness imprisoning me. All that I see, like all this, it's very like dark, very moody lyrics. And mm-hmm. I wrote it all out because I wanted to memorize the lyrics, mm-hmm. and I had it sitting like on the uh, on the on the TV or something in the living room. And my mom found it. And she was writing it, and she, she came to me. She was like, she was like, uh, is, did you write this poem? Like, I'm a little concerned. And I was like, no, is everything no, okay? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Absolute darkness, you know. Like, I cannot live. No, I cannot die. Take song. my sight. Yeah. She was like, oh, whew, okay, never mind. You're good. <laughs> no, it's just something I listen to over and over and over. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> Same difference. <laughs> it's so funny, man. Like, if my parents knew some of the lyrics that oh, yeah. just the music that they bought me my my first um was it my first cd i think it was my first cd was appetite for destruction i think it came out in like 88 or something yeah. so I, was, I, I was 10 years old and if you look in the fucking in the liner notes there's like this yeah. <laughs> there's this like metal demon thing attacking this girl with her underwear like hanging down off her ankles and stuff and then some <laughs> of the lyrics are just awful but my, you know, my parents didn't know. Like, yeah, right. it was just like I want appetite for destruction. Oh, here you go. No, don't, don't, you know, just go enjoy yourself. Don't worry about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, don't, you know, don't kill yeah. anybody. Don't, you know, yeah, don't go fine. do drugs. Like, as long as you're here hanging out, like, whatever. Yeah. They didn't care. I know. That's. I think about that now. I'm like, man, some of the some of the lyrics, the songs that I listen to. And I, I have a 12 year old oh. daughter, so she's like uh. right on the verge of like hitting that stage where she's going to be interested. Like you said, 12 to 18, where they're mm-hmm. like going to be interested in, mm-hmm. in music. God, like, imagine man. the crap they're going to be listening to when she's Ugh. 40. It's going to be terrible. <laughs> they're going to be like, exactly. I remember that band, and they were shit back in 2022. <laughs> Hopefully she's like still listening to, uh, you know, the Beatles and Metallica and the things I listen to. <laughs> like, <laughs> she'd be like, I like these things. But yeah, for a while there, she would, uh, I'd ask her what her favorite band was, and she'd say Pushing Giants. Yeah, I'm her. pushing giants. That's Devin's band. What? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've never heard of them. Yeah, well, they're pretty famous, so that's on you. <laughs> the... <laughs> All right, okay. They're yeah, pretty Devin famous. And Devin and his buddies had their band, Pushing Giants. Did you know? Played a couple shows in Baltimore. Oh wait, like... wait, 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 wait. So this is a that was this Devin. is a fucking. The... Oh my god. So... <laughs> I guess you missed that. He's like, never heard of him. No. Oh, okay. So this is funny. All right. I'm the idiot. Cool. Thanks. Good look. Good little zinger there. I, I got gotcha. you. Nah, nah. That's funny. No. Yeah. No. We had a band, and now all I all we do, me and the guitarist, it was like a rock and roll kind of blues, mm-hmm. whatever band. And now now we just do acoustic songs for the YouTube channel. So it's it's a change, but it's we get along much better. Gotcha. 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 <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to introduce our guest, if you don't know Roy Scott. We had a nice long introduction here, but Roy is um, the owner and creator of Vintage Axe Works, uh, Axe Restoration Company, and, you know, awesome, awesome work. You do custom axes, custom handles. Um, 
You do lots of collaborations with other makers, which I think is awesome. You mm-hmm. are a podcaster on the Axe and Iron podcast with Chris Cash. You, uh, let's see, uh, met, met your maker camp. I have a whole <laughs> list of things, and we've already kind of introduced them. So, yeah, Roy, welcome. <laughs> welcome to the Art of Craftsmanship podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and you like did uh well um nothing else like and that's, that. it. <laughs> that's it thank you good night um no, no thanks but. for the thanks for having me on seriously um yeah and yeah so axes um it's full full-time gig for sure um yeah. yeah so tell us a little bit about how like how do you get started where did your interest in axes come from because i i'm i'm a huge axe guy as well so i, I love mm-hmm. to talk axes so what'd you how'd you get into it um, so I don't know, I don't know when it was, I was in my twenties or so and mm-hmm. PBS documentary is, uh, Dick Pernecki. I think it was alone in the wilderness or one man's wilderness. I can never remember the name properly. Ah, uh, yeah. Alone mm-hmm. in the wilderness. That's the original mm-hmm. one. <clears throat> so it was on PBS and I watched it and then I bought the book and read it and it's got some really cool, it's like, it's for the listeners out there, it's a, it's. His life, the first year of him going to Alaska, whenever he retired from the Navy at, like, age 50 or something, in, yeah. like, 1970. So, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, so, this book, he he details him going up to Alaska, building this cabin with his hands and just a few select tools, and the axe was like the primary thing and it yeah. he like detailed a whole bunch of stuff about using the axe and everything um and i just fell in love with it and then life stuff happened and it just the book sat on the shelf and then 10 years later um i'm working at a mental hospital for criminally insane people in washington state ah. and one Okay. <laughs> best job like seriously it was it was a freaking blast i loved it um Crazy. all right i mean I've, I've i've never it's weird how many murderers and rapists that i've actually met and talked to um i mean i'm not bragging or anything but i mean it's weird to s- sit across a table and have a normal coherent conversation with a person that literally cut his grandma's head off and set it on fire and he yeah. sounds like a yeah, normal that's person. Weird. I'm, I'm dead serious. Um, <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> literally oh crazy. Yeah, we, had, we had one patient that was so fucking rowdy. He was on the west side. Um, there are two state hospitals in Washington. He was on the west side. And one night he woke up and the voices were telling him to kill his roommate. So he took a pin and stuck it through this guy's ear and right into oh. his brain and killed him. Oh, so he got yeah. sent to us. And if you didn't read like the rap sheet and his diagnosis and treatment plan, like these people even keel, like most of them, yeah, pr- yeah. pretty, pretty level. Anyway, I had, <coughs> I so had wait, a, what, did, what were you doing? Yeah. You so I had out? a, a, um, it was, I was a recreation specialist. Um, okay. and I had a group called, um, recreation education. So I thought that it would, because a lot of people that we had as patients, they were, I would say normal, air quotes normal. They were just normal um, men and women that lived in and around the Spokane area. A lot of them liked to hunt. A lot of them liked to fish. A lot of them liked to go Mm -hmm. camping. Very outdoors 
oriented, like the whole culture out there is very outdoors. So I just right. thought, well, I'm yeah. going to, oh, I got this book on the shelf that I've, you know, I'm going to pick this back up and I'm going to read it to them. And as I'm reading it, and I'm in my mid thirties at this point, mm-hmm. as I'm reading it and going through the pictures and I'm like, I'm going to show them the movie. I'm thinking if I had to, if I had to put myself in Dick Pernecki's position right now today, would I be able yep. to do the stuff that he did at 20 years older than I am right now, you know, right. at that yeah. point? And my answer was no. I didn't. Yeah, right. I mean, I, I could <laughs> use tools. I was, I've always been pretty handy with tools and I have traditional woodworking stuff. Right. But to do it, you know, to build a cabin with your own hands, there's no freaking way. So That's I went great. out and I, I bought an axe. I knew nothing about axes. And I went to a local, it was like a junk store, kind of antique, not an antique mall, but like an antique store. Okay. And I found a plum double bit peeling pattern. I didn't know what it was at the time. Right. And my only point of reference was eBay. So I go, I'm in the store. I look up plum axe. I'd never even heard of plum. Look up plum <laughs> axe. And they wanted $20 for it in the, in the store. And I thought, $20 for that thing? And it looked like a piece of shit. I mean, (laughs) it was all painted and rusty, and the handle was all jacked. And I went home, and I was like, I'm not buying that for 20 bucks. you kidding me? (laughs) And then I start looking up plum axes on my own for the next day or so, and I was like, I should go buy that axe. That's a good axe. So I went and bought it. First thing I did was cleaned up all the rust and all the paint and everything and then it started to look shiny and i thought i like shiny stuff i'm gonna polish (laughs) this bitch up (laughs) and and um it was i mean like i it was a pretty crappy uh polish job just because i didn't have the right tools and equipment to do it but i did the best that i could and i and i hung it on like an ace hardware handle so it was like a baseball bat and um it was the first axe ever hung first axe ever sharpened and i don't want to give props to someone out there but everyone knows who this guy is i don't like him anymore Uh, he's a huge presence on youtube and he had a lot of really good axe tutorials axe information Uh, and then he started getting away from all that stuff later and later on down the road but a lot of that early stuff like that's where i got a lot of tips and tricks on how to sharpen an axe, how to hang an axe and, yep. you know, whetstones and files and just all that, all that good foundation information. Yeah. Uh, and then you, like, go ahead. Did you, did you ask the guy who chopped his mom's head off for tips? <laughs> <laughs> he's no, like, that's a nice not. one. You're like, he's not. like, let me show you how to sharpen that axe. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'll okay. show you right. <laughs> 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 no, I did not. Nice. Um, <laughs> but like, you know, just like any of us, we want to show off our work. So I took pictures mm-hmm. and I showed it to my coworkers at the hospital and they were like, dang, that's cool. And I was like, yeah, that's cool. And they were in, you know, the classic thing. Well, I got my grandpa's axe. Will you sharpen it and put a new handle on it for me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Because I could work on their stuff and I didn't have like any money into it. I didn't have yep. to buy the head. I didn't have to buy the handle. They, they bought all that shit. Um, and then just kind of slowly, like more and more people were asking me for it. And finally I had to stop. I was like, I, I can't do this. 
I can't do your stuff for you. And then I just, I started, um, I was really bad at hanging heads too, because it's, mm. it's not easy. And especially with those, you know, clubby handles, um, that were around yeah, 10 right. years ago, I, I think I'm just kind of swagging here, but 30 to 40% of them I'd scrapped. I just, they were just junk hangs, gaps everywhere, yeah. just ill-fitting fucking heads to hang yep. on the handles. And um, so I just focused on heads after that. And I was like, I'm not doing any of this stuff for you guys because I wasn't charging them for it. I was just doing it for right. fun and for practice and whatever. And, you know, once you start in any sort of hobby, I would assume that you guys are like everyone else, you fucking weirdos. You just get it. You just go into it like full bore. So I yeah, wanted absolutely. to know everything about axes because in my mind, like I could collect plum. I could collect true temper. I could collect mm -hmm. Collins. And then within those, I could collect jerseys or Dayton's or Hoosiers or, you know, just whatever the patterns were. And then, yep. then you could start collecting all these manufacturers of all these patterns and then you could have like all of them which is like today is dumb to think about but like you know in the infancy of of my obsession that's like yeah, that yeah. that's where my mind was and and i remember saying out loud to one of my coworkers, if i could have a hundred axes that would be fucking awesome and they looked at me like i was crazy like why would you want and or need a hundred axes and I said, they'd all be different. There's so many out there. There's so many different patterns and makers and blah, 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 blah. And this is 2012, 2013, like just on the cusp of bushcraft stuff. Because I remember I was out fishing with this dude and he was like, we were talking about axes. And he was, he was the first, this is 2012. He was the first one that introduced me to, uh, 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 not a Holtz, what, a Gransfors. And I get on online with him in the car, and it's like 125 or 35 dollars for like the small forest axe or something at the time. And I was like, "You're crazy! Like, I'm not spending that much money on a stupid axe." Um, and I mean, like, clearly, little did I know that this thing would just turn into a full-blown, like, full-blown obsession, and eventually a business, and just a lifestyle for me and just and it's just comical to kind of look back and see the my air quotes humble beginnings of vintage axe works <laughs> in its infancy i mean it's just it's just kind of silly you know and and yeah. honestly i was i was so intimidated by the woodworking aspect i didn't like hanging i didn't like hanging axes because i wasn't good at it um so i really focused on head work and right. i would i would find heads locally and then I would clean them up. I'd put a new finish on it, put a new edge on it, and I'd sell them on eBay. And and I'm and I doubled my money on every single axe. Minimum doubled my money. <clears throat> and then I moved from Washington to uh, Kentucky. And I went to work for my guy. I'm, I'm from around this area. Um, right. And I lived out in Spokane, Washington, Idaho area for 15 years. And my buddy, he owns um, a, uh, a BMW repair shop. And he was looking to expand his business. And he and I have been friends for 30 years or something. So he convinces me to move back home. And I do. And I get married as soon as I get home. 
and then I get fired from the guy that freaking moved me back across the country oh, six months later. <laughs> and uh, I literally had like milk crates full of axes still in my <laughs> wife's garage that I hadn't even unpacked or anything. So now I'm freshly married, freshly fired. And my wife was like, what are you going to do now? And I said, oh, I, I got these axes. And she was like, what the fuck are you talking about axes? <laughs> and I like, and I showed her and she was like, she's like, I'll ask you again. Many- what are you going to do now? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I just, you know, went right back to where I was at the, at the hospital, just buying up head. I, so I took all of those heads that were in those milk crates, cleaned them up, finished them, put them on eBay, doubled all my money. And then mm-hmm. she saw like, okay, this is, this is pretty quick money. And this is, pretty easy let's go ahead and get you set up so her grandpa had built a shop in the backyard um and it was just used as a storage area for all the household stuff so i cleaned all that out and and looking back um i took some early pictures and it was um my workbench consisted of a chop saw metal stand without the chop saw on it i took the chop saw off and put (laughs) um a two foot by four foot piece of plywood on top of it put a two by four around just kind of like a little bottom band around it just for some stability and mm-hmm. i had a chinese mounted vice it was like a four inch blue like that iconic fucking shit um chinese vice that everyone had in the 80s like i had one of those and <laughs> i had a whole bunch of files and rasps um didn't have a draw knife um didn't have a bandsaw, and I didn't have any sanding equipment other than yeah a six-inch orbital and a four-inch just standard porta cable four-inch freaking yeah what well, just fucking little like jitterbug type sander thing I don't know what they're called <laughs> that's yeah, all right, I have yeah random orbital sander yeah um so. Yeah. That's how I got into that. That's when I really started the business. That's and crazy. my wife, I mean, God bless her. I don't know how she puts up with me, but um, she's been <laughs> pushing me the entire time. Um, she was like, you can't just do heads like everyone can do that. You got to start hanging heads and making complete mm-hmm. axes. And I was like, oh, God, no, my enemies come back. <laughs> the so I, went down the, I know. So I went down this um the same path ace hardware mm-hmm. lowe's home depot anywhere like and, and at that point i mean it's like if you're in that boat pro tip take the head that you're working on go to the store and and like get <coughs> excuse me go go mm-hmm. to their handle section take that head and try to fit it up best you can eyeball yep. it that way you're not like it's not going to be a big surprise when you get home. Like, oh, yeah, I think this handle will work. And then you get home, and it's, like, not even close to the shape at all. Right, exactly. Um, yeah. Um, and I just got tired of doing that. And she was like, you need to start making your own handles. And I was like, time out. Totally different <laughs> ballgame. Yeah, now you're going a whole different way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, go, you, I don't think you really understand what what goes into that. And she was like, just, just do it. Just make it happen. And... So I started buying equipment and I started practicing and just like anything else, I mean, you start at day one and you start scrapping a a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, like 
I don't know what the percentage is of stuff you can you can just kind of bank on throwing right into the trash, but it's a lot. Yeah, right. Yeah. And you can't and you can't get frustrated and you can't you can't get down on yourself because you, I mean like you'll never get out of that fucking rut. Um, yeah, you right. just gotta like you just gotta lean into it and go. Oh, this is the process. I'm an adult and I I know that this is gonna take time. And you have to like you just have to you know moderate your expectations. And then also yeah, right. you have to you have to put your best work out into the world that you're capable capable of in that moment. And right. thankfully, like we all go through it. Thankfully, there are people that see it. And it's way better than that they can do, and they find value in it. And when they find yep. value in it, they purchase it from you. So, I mean, just it's an amazing feeling whenever someone buys something that you make. It doesn't have to be an axe yeah. or a hatchet or like anything, anything that you make and right. someone else finds value into it. High five, man. Make, yeah, you know, like, right, makes exactly. you feel freaking great. Yeah. 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 And you see that, like, that wide range of people who are starting out and they're making stuff they have that same excitement when they sell sure. something. You know, you look back like 10 years or whatever, or just a couple of years, and you're like, man, I can't believe I was selling that stuff at that time, or I, I can't believe it. somebody wanted that stuff at that time. But, it. you know, it's like people who don't do it don't yeah. have anything to reference against, right? They're just like, that's cool. That looks awesome. Yeah. You know, like, I like it. You know? And then hopefully and they, at one point, they're like down the line, they see your stuff and they keep buying, and then they have that like, that library of skill that you've built up. <laughs> All right. Well, we're having a little bit of technical difficulties. We're back. Uh, it looks like at one point, Roy, you were getting a little glitchy, and I think Devin and I could hear the glitchiness, and then Devin apparently couldn't hear you, and he left, and he came back, and you couldn't see Devin, but I could see you both. So gotcha. you were at the point kind, kind of where we were talking about you know, getting to that point in making where you're making stuff and you're selling it and you're starting to see that progress because like people want to buy that stuff, and that's exciting, stuff that you make. It doesn't matter like how good you are. Someone else right. sees it, and they're like, this is cool. It's not something I've seen before or it's something I can't do. And they want to be part of that. Which is right. Just, just fun. Well, and you know, I would just encourage everyone to put out the best work that they are capable of, capable of in that moment. Right. And I've given a couple of demos and everything. Um, you know, maker camp, I even said this, like as I'm like getting things kind of chucked up and ready and whatever in the vice, I, I always stop and say, if you set yourself up for mediocrity and you expect anything other than that, you're an idiot. Um, <laughs> you're an idiot. <laughs> um, stop doing it now. <laughs> yeah, just stop. And I don't, I don't know why anyone strives to be mediocre. I don't I, mm-hmm. like. I just, I don't understand it at all. Um, so just like every single piece should be with intention to be the absolute best that you can do. So, so what was your, you were getting ready? I know I was going to say, do they, do you think they strive for that or do they just end up there? Um, I don't, it's, it's probably just subconscious. I just think they're lazy and Mm, I, and I know that sounds bad and it sounds Mm. condescending, but I think there's a lot of truth in that. And, yeah. and you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to, like, I'm not going to single out any makers or anything, but I have received stuff from other makers that's been mediocre. 
And for yeah. me, as someone that makes something, if I put it out there into the world, it needs to be perfect. If I right. sell it or give it to another maker, it's got to be Tits McGee, I mean, banging. <laughs> yeah. Like no, like zero flaws, period. Mm. It ain't leaving the shop. You know, you can't, you can't. If I was sending something to you, Axe Nerds, and you <laughs> and you got it, and you're like, well, I thought Roy was supposed to be blah, 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 blah. Yeah, and it's, exactly. Yep. No, it's got to, you want to look, you because I know that you guys are going to look over that thing with a fine tooth comb with freaking evil eyes more yep. than me just looking for anything. You're like, ah, oh, I found it. Ha ha ha. Knock him down a peg. Because that's what we do. Like that's what yeah. we inherently do. And it's not yeah, out of like malice or anything. Right. Yeah, you're gonna you're just, we're gonna compare ourselves to each other. Of course. Yeah. Be like, yeah. oh okay, would I do it that way? Okay, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Would I do that? I, I might have done that differently or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I also think like you were saying before like people I don't I don't think that people strive for mediocrity. I think that they strive for for something excellent, but they're willing to give up early. Mm. You know what I mean? They'll they'll stop yeah. and be like, "Okay, that's good enough." You know, where well, I think the top that's makers the will keep going. Yeah, exactly. That's the laziness. That's what you're saying. Right. right. You replace yeah. you replace mediocrity with with laziness it's you don't want to see a lazy worker or or something done half-assed you want to at least see that they put time into it and if it is someone new then you can point out well if you do this here and there i I see you really worked on it there's a few things you can improve but yeah laziness and craft Mm -hmm. is really annoying like even going back to me i went i went to film school and i when i would see just lazy filmmaking Mm -hmm. like b movies are okay in in what they are like horror movies and stuff. I understand. But when it was something that seemed lazy, like they didn't take time or when a student would bring in a film that was just lazy, that annoyed me a lot more than the person who really tried and kind of failed. Like uh, your movie wasn't that great, but you really worked hard on it. And the difference between meh, like it's good enough to like, you, you know, you go from wow to sham wow. It doesn't take that much more effort, <laughs> right. right? Or that much more time. It's just a little bit of attention to detail. And then someone gets it and they're like, this is freaking awesome. And the reason that you want to set yourself up for that, I mean, I'm running a business is for repeat customers. Repeat customers are the best customers that you could freaking have. Mm-hmm. I mean, they just keep right. coming back because they know that the quality is going to be there. They they know what to expect whenever they get something from me or, you know, just anyone that's um, doing something day in and day out. Like, yep. just customers come to expect that, that level of quality. And whenever you don't deliver that, oh, man, good luck climbing out of that freaking hole. Yeah, um, right, exactly. <clears throat> one negative it, yeah. review is worth, you know, yep. it's more powerful than 100 good reviews. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially, so yeah, especially when what you're making is your pro- like everything you're doing and you're showing <laughs> is your product. You know, yeah. as soon as like someone sees that and that one negative review, that's all all one person needs <laughs> right. is one negative review to not to never go back and you know or never even buy one of your things yeah. off the bat. You know, someone someone sows the seed of doubt in the customer base. Like any any time I'm on Amazon looking for something, oh yeah, it's like it's like all right, this is the vacuum to buy, and then there's one <laughs> sitting at the top saying about how it doesn't pick up dog hair well, and you're like, but this one guy. I said it. I, I mean, I don't know. Should we? Should we look around? It's like three, thirty thousand people said it was four or five stars. One guy gave it a one. I'm like, I don't know. You might be. I don't something. know. 
yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's lost. So what I what I do, I don't even look at the positive reviews. I always look at the negative reviews, and I also look at the ratio of like how many negatives to positive are there. I don't care what the count is. Like, what's the percentage? Right. And um, like, just with you know technology and social media and just all the information at our disposal, you have to be. Like if you set out to do something, you have to want to be the best. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, maybe you don't. I, I mean, I guess. I mean, look at Chris Cash. He's very mediocre, um, <laughs> and he's still being successful. Son of a bitch. Mediocre. <laughs> um, for the listeners, I love Chris Cash. <laughs> um, but like, I, I just don't understand why people are are willing to settle. I've never been a person, yeah. and it has nothing to do with axes. It's like every little thing that I do, I just want it to be the best that it can absolutely be. And right. I'm, you know, I'm sure that there are people that can restore axes better than me. I, I'm, I'm not saying that I'm like the best or the fucking whatever. I'm, I'm doing the best that I can do right now. Yeah, exactly. So you're gonna put yeah. out the best that you can do at that moment. That's what you said, yeah. right? It was like, yeah, and that's you that's have what to I try to do. do. Best then, right? Exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> Right, uh, a, a, per, a perfectionist doesn't necessarily make perfect things. They just keep trying to get there. Mm-hmm. Well, and hopefully I look back, you know, in 10 years and I look at some of the stuff that I'm making today. I'm like, oh, man, why did I do that? Or I wish I would have done this differently or whatever. Because if I'm not doing that, if I'm not looking backwards, then there's no way that I can look forward to continually build and, um, you know, just sustain the business. I don't, right. yeah. I mean, um, I, I just... I I really wonder if people go into I know they don't they they don't they can't I, because I, I because I didn't I didn't go into this sort of stuff it was like I need to do something to make money right now because like the shit just hit the fan um, right. and I didn't I didn't even like oh I'm gonna start a business with making axes and you know it, it wasn't this fairy tale or this romance or like. Well, like so many axe guys get into today. Like every time I get on Instagram, there's another axe co air quote axe co out there. And I'm just yeah. like, really? You're an axe company. <laughs> and X-co. are you, are you, it just, it just burns me up. And I mean, and most, I fucking, I feel like an asshole too. Cause most of them follow me and I don't follow any of them. I, I like, I only follow like, three or four i don't know half dozen ax people on instagram right um i don't i don't want to i just like look you know i i look at fucking axes all day long i don't need more axes <laughs> in my instagram feed yeah, <laughs> i don't need more shittier axes in my i feed. mean <laughs> and you know there are a lot of there are a lot of really good axe stores out there um yeah. uh, one of them that comes to mind is uh Sam over the art of craftsmanship over in the UK does phenomenal work. Does yeah. palm swell, you know, laminates on all of his axes because he's a cheap fucker and he can't get good <laughs> thick wood over there. Um, <laughs> and what's his yeah, laminate palm swell? It's uh, it's yeah. What what's his it, what's um, his company name? Um, it's, it's not the, the art of craftsmanship. The art of cra- is, is that what I said? Yeah. <laughs> oh, whoopsie, oopsie, poopsie. Axe and uh, edge. Is that it? Yeah, the axe and edge. Axe and edge. Sam. Yeah. 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 I mean, that guy's yeah, super good. good. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's one of the guys that I start started seeing doing a lot of like laminate palm swells and stuff mm-hmm. um, recently. And now that's like blown up like crazy over the last, I'd say, I don't know, six months, something, something like yeah. that. 
and he does it out of necessity. I mean, they're getting getting thick. You know, five yeah. quarter, six quarter uh, rough cut over there is pretty hard to do. So he just gets you know four quarter and then laminates the palm swell because that's really all you you need that thickness for anyway. The rest is just yeah. waste. So right. I mean, I get it. It looks pretty. It's out of necessity. Hey, win win. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I like I like the look, but I haven't. I don't know. I there's just something about like a, a full palm swell that's all that one piece of wood that's flared out the end that I still I still like. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like I they're they're cool. They look good, but I just me personally, I'm like if I'm gonna make it, I want that handle. I want it to flare out at the end. I want it to be all part one piece of wood. There's just something really nice about that. Still, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe eventually, but I like uh, yeah. I like I like that one piece. You like that one piece wood. I like that one big piece of wood at the end, you know, the one you can hang on to. <laughs> big swell. <laughs> Speaking of handles, so you, you, you've been doing, like, just, I mean, I guess for a while. When did you start doing composite handles or, like, you know, putting in epoxy, doing all sorts of crazy stuff? When did that start? Cause Wait, it, what, like, go ahead, Dev. Yeah, no, I was going to say, not to, I'm trying to jump in. When did you do the, the, the little dick handle with all the little dicks in it? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so to, to answer Dustin's question first, uh, mm-hmm. I think it was like three years ago. Um, I started, so I was following a lot of woodworking stuff and I saw river tables mm. and, um, I just, I mean, at that time, three years ago, it was just, I mean, it was just getting real hot and I just thought it was really interesting and I loved not only river tables, but I loved a lot of like hybrid uh, knife scales that people were doing with epoxy yep. and burls and all that sort of stabilized wood. I just thought they were beautiful. And then I was mm-hmm. looking at an axe and I was like, why can't I do that with an axe handle? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I just started experimenting and it went terribly bad, like terribly wrong. <laughs> I, I threw away a ton of epoxy, which is expensive, just out of the mm-hmm. gate. Um, and I used, um, whenever I was first getting into it, there was a company called Ecopoxy, and their claim to fame was, you know, it's eco-friendly and eco-friendly. this, that, and the other. And I used it, and you guys are bushcraft nerds and stuff too, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. You, you guys know who Dave Canterbury is, right? Oh, yeah. Love me some Dave. Oh, God. Okay. Uh, side side conversation all around. Uh, <laughs> Naked. Yeah, right. Yeah. No. So. <laughs> Dual survival. I don't want to. I don't want to think about Dave Canterbury naked, period. <laughs> Why did you fucking say that? Naked and afraid. <laughs> no. <a> <laughs> no, I don't. No. Yeah. Uh, so a couple of years ago, well, I guess two years ago, three, three years ago now, um, I had done a. Maybe it was 40. I don't freaking, it doesn't matter. Um, I had done a couple of epoxy handles, just like I had scalloped out some wood on my bandsaw, filled it in, and he had an event, it was called a Pathfinder Gathering um, in Ohio, and then Mm -hmm. axe junkie guys would like tag along, they'd have a little axe meet, get together and whatever, and so I went there and I took some axes and took some of these epoxy handles and they'd been out in the sun all day long and then dave canterbury walks up and was like hey that's pretty cool and he picks it up and it literally turned into a wet fucking noodle oh jeez! Um, 
the he, the <laughs> sun had totally heated it up and caused it to become elastic again. And, <sighs> and it, like, the axe literally bent because he picked it up and there was epoxy on the palm swell and it just bent completely over, almost like 90 degrees. Oh, just, my gosh. <laughs> not even joking. And I was like, like, wow. You're like, oh, oh. shit. <laughs> Yeah, don't mind that one here. Look at this one over here. Uh, <laughs> that's my that's my 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 joke axe handle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's yeah. a stunt handle. <laughs> my Halloween prop, yo. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I stopped. I I stopped using eco epoxy immediately after that, and I switched over. And uh, dude, the epoxy stuff, man, it's it's been a it's been a learning curve. Um, there's lots of processes and it's like, you got to work in a clean room with that stuff. And yeah, right. that was kind of the whole purpose of, uh, building out my basement to be, you know, a shop expansion. There's a whole, a, a yeah, whole epoxy station set up down there and, um, it's going to be wonderful whenever it's all done and dialed in. But I mean, it's just like anything you go into it like, Oh, I can do this. And then mm-hmm. you really start looking at all the details and you're like, Oh shit what did I get myself into? Cause now I'm in it too deep. Right. I can't I, like, I've got all this stuff and, yeah. um, and it's been fun. Um, yeah. it's just, it's a, just another creative outlet. Um, because you know, whenever you get down to the fundamentals of an ax, it's a head, a handle and a wedge, three components. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's all I got to work with. And with Instagram, it's like everything needs to be a home run because right. Instagram is the land of fucking, like amazing so mm-hmm. people and if you're like if you're blowing your wad on every single <laughs> post it's just like okay there's another awesome thing there's another awesome thing and, yeah. and people get fatigued you know like they just get worn out mm. and rightfully so so you yeah. know laminates and epoxy stuff whenever i'm doing those um like progress shots and that sort of stuff or you know prep or whatever it's just a way yeah. to engage the followers let them know what's kind of going on and you know just keep people interested because that's the name of the game if you don't if you don't keep people interested and engaged then why are they following you yeah right and And that's like you know like you said there's you're like you kind of strive to hit that like home run every time but it's also that way to keep the keep your followers keep the people who are interested in what you're doing engaged by by just bringing them along the things you're doing day to day and i know you have a lot like you do a lot of the like the home run shot, the money shot, you you do mm-hmm. a lot, but you also do like, you just put in little things here and there, which is like the reason why I started Instagram when we had, when we started our YouTube channel with just that reason was like, right. The YouTube channel is, is the big money shot at the end. Right. Exactly. You know, that's everything. And it's all like edited and mm-hmm. it looks beautiful. And then Instagram is all the behind the scenes. It's just like, this is what I'm doing in the shop. This is day to day. This is the progress. Right. You know, right follow right. along. So, well, and, um, from a business standpoint, it's you're you're showing the customer what you're working on. You're generating interest. You're generating yep. buzz, and then you're carrying them along the journey to the final product, which is available to buy. So mm-hmm. everything. I mean, you and I like. I don't, Devin, I don't know how much of this conversation you remember because you were blasted drunk. (laughs) Um, But everything you do on Instagram or any social media platform, you need to do it with intention. Like, what is the intent of this post? What what do I, 
want to convey to my followers, which I know Chris gives me shit about follower count all the time. It's like, why do you even care about that stuff? Well, every follower is a potential customer. That's why I care exactly. about it. Exactly, yeah, right. So yeah, if, if that wasn't there, would you do it? Like, maybe, but would you really care as much? Probably not, you know. Yeah. Well, and, you know, this this year, man, this it's for me and my company and my business, it's just been a struggle. I've been sick, mm. like, yeah. a whole freaking bunch. I have not been very active on Instagram. And as soon as you stop engaging, yep. it, not only do you lose followers, but whenever you pick it back up, like, it, you're almost starting. Yeah, you still have a lot of your followers and stuff, but Instagram doesn't even push those posts out. I posted something today. I posted an axe for sale today, yep. and it got, like, I don't know, 200 views on it, which is a oh, joke. Geez. Yeah, it's not yeah exactly. And for you, I've I mean, lost, you have what? Like, almost, what do you have? 60 over 69,000 followers you know that's nothing yeah that's yeah mm. yeah 200 freaking Crazy. 200 views on a post with 69,000 followers I mean it, seriously it's a freaking joke and the person yeah. that bought it thankfully is a repeat customer and yeah thankfully it showed up in his feed and um it sold today but like it's just been an eye-opening experience with me being sick this long like I I cannot rely on Instagram to sell stuff anymore because yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm like putting my business interest in a third party app. Like what the fuck is right. wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> and, and on my, on, you know, it, it's laziness because it's been working and it's been working for years. Right. Um, and it's great until it's not. And you know, those are the guys that are pulling the freaking levers and making stuff happen. And just from a business standpoint, man, it's just, I, I can't rely on it. I need to. Right. And that's the thing I think like you said it it's a great tool it does what it does and it's done it well for a long time but how long can you rely on that just keep doing the same thing you know same thing with like any of the analytics for youtube or for you know instagram you can chase them but eventually you have to figure out what you want to do and what you can do to make sure that you're guaranteed to you know to be able to take care of your family if Mm -hmm. instagram just stops you know, so like what happens when no one sees your work anymore? Well, then, you know, hopefully you you have those repeat customers that will keep coming back. But, mm-hmm. yeah. But I don't know well, what that Chris, is. What is that? Well, well Chris always <laughs> also makes fun of me for having my customer database, which now, so every customer goes in, oh, like since I started selling um, years ago, I think six yeah. years ago or whatever now. Every customer's logged. I've got every customer's name, address, and email. Um, so I could put together an email list. I could start, just, like, I'm just going to start loading stuff up on, on my website. I yeah. mean, freaking Neil Kamamura comes out with three knives, and he does a story about them. Hey, these are up. And then yep. the next story, hey, they're gone. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, I thought yeah. I thought you were going to say I'm going to load up my car and just start showing up at addresses. I mean, I, I could do that. I mean, it sounds door to door axe sales. It, yeah. it might seem a little desperate, but hey, I mean, you got to do what you got to do. I'll make it right in front of you. I guess so. Um. Yeah, I guess like that. Yeah, like a newsletter. You know that you have. You then you get like a customer. I mean, you have your customer base, right? So then you got to reach yeah. out, and that's something that, like you said, that can just that'll continue. Like. Email is not going anywhere anytime soon, and people are Which still, is you know, funny. 
but you know so you have that at least that's a little bit of guarantee mm. well i mean so my good buddy uh brandon from whiskey river uh yeah. he runs an online business whiskey river trading art co um he lives and dies by his email list and yep. you know he and i talk um pretty frequently and i was like email really people still use that shit and he was like dude get on a website any website that's selling something and as soon as you log on 95 percent of them will say hey you want to join our email list yep and i did it and i was like tickety tickety tick there's one they want my email address they want my email address they all want they all want you to be on their freaking email list Mm -hmm. and it's a great like he has he's done a really great job with building anticipation and exclusivity through his email list and it's you know it's a smart right. tactic um you know it's it's just like oh god i fucking hate this it's just like <laughs> um harbor freight's inside track thing you know yeah um, <laughs> right it, yeah. except you don't have to pay for it i mean fuck harbor right. freight but um <laughs> but it works right, right. like you feel yeah. like you're part of this group that gets these special privileges I mean, it's just mm-hmm. like early bird passes to this, that, or the other. You know, it's just a one little edge in, you know, in this super saturated competitive market that we're all in right now. Right. Any yeah. any edge is better than the next guy, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. R- Roy, do you, so you have everyone on a list. Do you send out normal, regular emails like Whiskey River or, or those guys no. or what? I don't want to bug these guys. Yeah, that's what but, I was going to you know, say. You have to find a, a real delicate balance between keeping yeah. people interested and showing them deals and giving them real, like showing them what they want and or we all have the 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 company that we gave an email to that annoys yeah. the shit out of us. Exactly. Yeah. Right. yeah. And I think actually and, I think that Brandon does a really good job at that because he makes his emails really personal. You know, it's like either does, him, yeah. it's him. It's like, hey, this is what I'm doing. I'm hanging right. out. These are this is what I have available. So you really feel like when you get that email, how mm-hmm. I don't know how many thousands of people he has on that email list, but when I see those emails pop up, like they don't feel like spam mail to me. They feel like, oh, Brandon right. sent an email because it's right. his voice, you know. So he is doing it, I think, the right well, way. I, I yeah. know firsthand that he writes all of those himself. Yeah, and yeah. and I think it's you know, we live in such a uh, you know, like hands-on snowflake society where mm. everyone wants to feel special. And he's done a really good job of making it very personal. Like, this is what's yeah. going on in my life. I took this trip. I did this. I went to go pick this up or whatever. And it's all very real. And whenever you build that connection over time with customers, you're building in loyalty and you're mm. building in trust. And he's yeah. done a f- and, and and good for him. He's done a great job doing it um you know just like you know anything at the in anyone or any business at the top of the game like it did not happen for whiskey river overnight and i've yep. been i've been friends with brandon for a number of years now mm-hmm. and i've seen his business grow and i've seen him expand and get into the guild stuff and he bought property up in northern wisconsin he bought a hardware store up there like yeah. dude's not fucking around um <laughs> and He's doing all the right things, and I've got tons of respect for him, and I, I, I love him to death, and I, and I yeah. hope the best for him and his business. Yeah, yeah, I remember, I mean, years ago, I started seeing his, you know, probably 
eight or nine years ago, I started seeing Whiskey River handles that name pop up in mm-hmm. Axe Junkies. You know, like when different people are like, where should I order? You know, if I, I don't want to get a hardware store handle, what should I order from? You see, like, you know, the different ones start to popping up. I started seeing Whiskey River pop up, and I think it was 2018, maybe. I was up mm-hmm. at a at X at X Extravaganza up in PA, and I met Brandon then. And uh, you were there. At, you were at that one. Yeah, it was. Uh, what was it? The oh. Appalachian Extravaganza put on by. Um, What's it? Uh, Axeman Bill Spurk. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And uh, so Kevin Loy. Yep. And uh, was it? That's when I met. Um, I met Matt um, Justice there. I oh Brandon God! For the I'm first sorry. Time. <laughs> but I met those guys, and then like that was the first time. But but it was kind of cool seeing him, you know, because I had like I I obviously his dad posts all the time and runs Axe Junkies, so I seen you know Craig yep. stuff and Brandon stuff, and so. That was cool, but but same thing. Like, I I he gave me a sticker. I posted it on my Instagram. He shouted me out like right mm-hmm. away. He shouted me out. Oh, thanks for posting. Blah blah blah. Like, check this out. You know. And yeah. he had that. It was that like, oh, you feel special. You're like, oh, mm-hmm. that's cool. And and that automatically. Then I started looking at more stuff and shouting more people, telling more people, yeah, check out Whiskey River. Check out those handles. You know, because it just makes you feel like you're part of that group. And I think that's that's the beauty of Instagram because it has that where you can bring people right. along. They, they feel like mm-hmm. they know you and they feel like, mm-hmm. like when people know you, then they want to be a part of what you're doing. Then they want to like, they want to buy something from you or they want to like say, Hey, or get a shout out or, or even just like a little comment or something, you know, they want to engage and that's what brings people. And I think that's what keeps people. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully. I mean, and I'm sure you guys are a product of that too. Like I know that whenever you and I, like well, us three, whenever we yeah. got together, we were talking about podcast stuff and YouTube stuff and Instagram stuff. And I'm sure that you guys get approached by people that listen to your show, that watch your videos. And, and some people, they are so just, I don't know. They're, they're just so loyal and enamored by whatever. Yeah. Like they will come up to you and go, Oh, remember whenever you were talking to so-and-so about such and such and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so so you're la- explain to me why you're laughing why why are you chuckling because <laughs> <laughs> you're like because everyone feels like they're they feel, i feel like everyone feels like they have that connection you know they're mm-hmm. like oh you remember when we did this thing or i saw you do that thing but like <laughs> that's like you know you're you're reaching out to thousands and thousands, millions of people are seeing these mm-hmm. things so you're like yeah, uh, yeah that is, that's that. yeah yeah that's definitely the benefit <laughs> of uh, podcasts over YouTube. Like we put yeah. all our work, we put 95% of work into our YouTube channel sure, and, and 5% into this just cause it's, it's just easier. We just have well, to you're only down. giving me 5% bitches. <laughs> <laughs> this is easy, right? We could sit down and chat and hang this out. This is and easy. Talk. talk with Roy. I'll give you 7%. You want 7%? I'll give you seven. <laughs> I'm going to sucker punch you one day. <laughs> Don't you Will Smith me. <laughs> oh. oh god yeah <laughs> so <laughs> so but so. Pe- people hang on to words and yeah. and it's i've been approached by i hate to even say fans but you know like yeah. they're fans mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i've been approached by fans and they have told me that they've listened to axon episodes multiple times and i'm sure your your listeners have listened yeah. to episodes multiple times or watched videos I'm sure people watch videos over and over and over and oh, over. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, it's just kind of weird 
to be in that position where you're like, that was just a conversation that I was having with my co-host or whatever. I like, I'm yeah. sorry, I don't remember that. Mm. But there's just so much content to consume. There's so much stuff. There's so much interaction kind of going on. Like, mm-hmm. there's no way that you can remember all that stuff. Right. There's just no way. But that's why I like when people timestamp in the videos. They're like, I love it when you said this. And they put a timestamp. I'm like, I said that. And I go back and watch. I'm like, oh, that's pretty good. Four years ago, you said yeah. this about that. Yeah, right. And then they're like, they'll, they'll like comment and be like, oh, why'd you do this? Or why'd you use this weird tool? And I was like, that was like six years ago. Like, yeah. that's the tool I had at the time. Yeah. yeah, right. I don't even remember that. Yeah, tool. that's that's always uh, the answer. That's the tool we had. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have we don't have a better tool. I know there's a lot of people who have the better tools, but this is the tool we have. But, All right, I yeah. got a question. Speaking of tools for you idiots, what's <laughs> what's the uh, what's the tool that you all get asked about the most and that you know very little about? Oh, um, you mean in in reference to anything like you know your bushcraft axes woodworking right. like your yeah, like people you mean people who think like uh, that think that we're like an expert so they ask us about yeah, it and we're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, just because um, you use a tool and you put it out on the video <laughs> or you talk about it you're de facto right. expert right yeah right i think i think people often i think i get a lot of questions people want to know what they should what tools they should use to start like leather work or mm. like what they should mm-hmm. use like i get that a lot they're like what should i get to start leather working um, and I'm always just like, send them a link for like a Tandy, you know, like a pack of Here's intro stuff. Kit. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm like, uh, just Google it. You know, I was like, I don't know. I just, I'll Google it. I give them the answer. And they're like, oh, thanks so much. You. you know? Yeah. Right. I think that's the thing that's... when people are like, oh, how do I do this? Or how do I, you know, this process? And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, I'll just Google it and send them the answer. Yeah. <laughs> that is a, uh, look forward to, we're going to be shooting them real soon. Cause Dustin oh, and I yeah. constantly talk about, we need to make quicker videos we need to shoot and edit quicker videos because all our videos are five to eight days of shooting and it's yeah, just, right. it takes forever Jeez. so we are going to start a series of like what three Wait, tools why do does you... it take so long <laughs> oh well well so what we're going to do is we're going to start a series of like <laughs> hey what three tools do you need to start doing something what okay. three tools do you need to hang a thing and we're going to go through those Okay. Hopefully those get some views, but it takes so long just because Dustin gets off work at whatever, three, four o'clock. Um, right. And if I'm not working at night, which I do a lot of sports, so I work at night, then I come over and we only have, what does, three hours? Yeah, three, four hours, something like that, you know? And then so, it's like, yeah, I mean, we both, it takes a long time, not because it takes forever to make these things, but it's because we sure. only have limited time because we're, we're scheduling it. We both have families. We both have full-time jobs and things and hobbies and so but we, that's why we need we need those few smaller things that we could do that I think will interest sure. people, especially now. Like you said, like people are asking, like, how do you do this? Or like, how do I get right. into this? What tool should I use for mm-hmm. this? And give them those like that's that little bit of information I think that is important that people could really use that might be beneficial sure. and something that we can shoot in one evening. You know, <laughs> have some stuff on the table, talk about it, be like, get this thing, get this thing and this thing and you should be good. And you know, get them started. So, yeah, we're looking for smaller stuff right. like that. Yeah. So, how many tools are you thinking, like in a video? Because it's got to be. If you want, if what, like, what's the what's the video length that you're shooting for? Like ten minutes? Well, our our normal ones are are twenty to 
50 minutes, but these are going to have to be quicker. Um, yeah. I'm thinking three tools. Yeah. Just just boil everything down to three tools. And if you, if you have to elaborate on that, go ahead should... and, ki- and kind of say it. But stick it to like, hey, these three things will get you started. You know. Yeah. So, yeah, you should do a whole segment then, like, and just call it something like Three Tool Tuesday, and then always release right. it on Tuesday or something, and, mm. and there's your video, three tools for whatever, and it doesn't, like, anything, you have to pick and pick something that only takes three tools. Right, um, exactly. I think that would actually be kind of interesting to, to drag people along with that little journey. Yeah, and yeah. because I have so, we have so many people that watch the channel that want to get started in the things that we're showing right. and because i show a bunch of different things woodworking and metalworking and tool restoration you know mm-hmm. they're always like well what should i do or you know if I'm, I'm looking to get this type of new grinder or whatever what tool should i use to get started so i think you know giving people that little bit of like just that you, if you can get these three things then it should be able to get you started and then you can mm-hmm. decide if you like it or not you know and if you right. want to keep going then you spend the time and the money and the yeah pro tip you want a pro tip i'll give you pro tip yeah go ahead <laughs> All right, here here is what I have found out, and I this don't have any empirical pro YouTubers. Pro tip: I have no <laughs> empirical evidence. I know you idiots don't know what that means, but I'll explain. Um, empirical? <laughs> is that a measurement? What is it? <laughs> Metric. <laughs> um, so, people in the in the data consumption sphere that we all live in today, yep. I have found that people like to consume two types of content, okay? Related to maker makerspace stuff. Right. First one, day one beginner. Everyone loves a day one beginner account mm-hmm. because they can relate. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, Johnny doesn't know how to do this either. I'll follow along so that I can learn with him. Mm-hmm. And people that have day one beginner accounts they always shoot up like a rocket ship. They get tons of followers, they get tons of subs, and they do really well until they plateau. Right. And then the second bucket of content people love to consume is the fucking next level expert. Mm-hmm. They want to see like home run after home run after home run. And what happens right there in the middle that's the daily grind that no one wants to see no one cares about and unfortunately that's where like 80 percent of most things are that's where vintage axe works is right now i'm Mm -hmm. in the fucking grind my my growth is has been stagnant i lost 300 followers since I don't know, January or something. I lost a mm. hundred followers last week just because I'm just flatlined because mm, right. I'm, I'm in that, I'm in that groove of, I'm not freaking over the top expert. I'm not a day one beginner. I'm just trying to make a fucking living. And yep. people want to see just fumbling around and what, to, what three tools do I need? Or like, oh my God, Neil Kamamura just made this. Are you kidding me? Yeah, Look right, at this. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, Sorry, no, I, I just, yeah, yeah, no, we, uh, sample. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, we talk about it a lot. It's, it's most people watching our channel. They're not, they haven't already made the thing. Cause if they're already good at making the thing, they're, uh, they're not going to be watching you. Exactly. So 95% of the audience, probably more are people starting out. 
people who are impressed by what you're mm-hmm. doing, kind of no matter what you're doing, as long right. as you're doing something they can't do. So, well, so here, yeah, go ahead. here's pro tip number two. Oh boy. And I, and I have, yeah. these are free fuckers. Um, <laughs> here we go. Okay. <laughs> we got more pro tips coming. Wait, wait, I got, I got a pro tip. If your phone go. keeps dinging on, you got to mute it because we can hear it. It is time. muted. It's my iPad. It's linked. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. I, I, I can pro only do for a podcast. Like <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> have you listened to my show like it, it's a shit show me and chris like it's off the rails all the time i mean i love the guy uh no plug axe and iron podcast axe and iron podcast <laughs> sorry it's okay we'll, we'll cut that out it's fine <laughs> <laughs> all right so pro tip if all right if you can tailor your account and it sounds like you guys are trying to drive it toward that if you because you guys are not day one beginners, and I'm going to go right. out on a limb and say you're not freaking Tits McGee Yeah, expert definitely not on, master, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if you can tailor your account to, to kind of mimic day one beginner stuff, mm-hmm. but provide, you know, good educational, I hate saying education, good freaking <laughs> foundational content for people that are looking to be day one beginners, but you guys aren't day one beginners. Uh, yeah. I think that would be, I mean... I have found a few accounts. I'm not going to name any names because for me, looking at them, I'm like, God, you're still making that? Move the <laughs> fuck on. But I think I think that they have caught on to like, I'm going to pretend like I'm a day one beginner because it attracts uh, yeah. so many people and so much traffic yeah. to their you know social media or whatever. Yeah, yeah, definitely true. Like when I see, like you always see the ones that have like millions of views in YouTube. It's like, Oh, try, you know, try making this thing with just hand tools, you know, because mm-hmm. it is, it's going back to that beginner. Like, Oh, I want to see yeah. that thing. How does he make this? Uh, you know, this is this, yeah. this quote unquote master. Now he's going back and he's making things with hand tools. I mean, we've got a few videos like that and they did really well. Well, yeah. those, th- th- but those videos were just, uh, that's all you had at the time. So yeah, people right. would con- pop people constantly give us compliments. Like, Hey, it's I like, you got some Harbor freight tools. Like kind of looks like my mm-hmm. shop. It's kind of like uh, I feel like I can do it. It's inspirational. Yeah, that's all Dustin had at the time. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> well, is what I it think, is. I think so many people and accounts strive to get out of that day one beginner mentality, right? And they right. want to like, yeah. I want to show people that I'm getting better. But in reality, if you're not going to be like crazy expert or anything, you have no aspirations to be that. There's nothing wrong with tailoring your account for that day one beginner person looking to learn um yeah. how to do something and it doesn't have to be axe related and like it could be like day one beginner how to make fucking pasta or, or like whatever <laughs> like it does yeah. like you want mm. to dry flowers like any any type of yeah. activity people want to know how to freaking start and i think yeah, your right. three tool thing would be really cool so i'll put yeah. you on the spot you idiots what three tools <laughs> would, <laughs> would you guys put on the bench for an axe restoration. Well, that's, ah. that's, that's dusty. Oh, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> so three tools for axe. So if we're going to do like an axe restoration, so you're restoring and hanging an axe. Mm-hmm. Um, so if, if nothing else you would need, I would say one of the, one of the biggest tools that I use all the time, especially with any type of tool restoration is a wire wheel, like a grinder with a wire wheel, a bench grinder with a wire wheel. It's so a really these easy way. It's not limited to hand tools. Okay, here we go. No, yeah, no, it's, no, it no. could be any yeah. three, right? Okay. So if I was to say yeah. like, so 
a, you know, a cheap, you can get a cheap bench grinder with a wire reel. That'll give mm-hmm. you what you need to remove rusts and old paint and kind of clean up that surface. Um, I, I guess probably a good file because if yeah. you're going to, if you're going to sharpen an ax and if you don't have a grinder, then you're going to need a file to do it by hand. Yeah. And then maybe a, maybe a four in one rasp. So you get multiple sizes. I was going to say four rasp. in one. Yeah. Yeah. So you get oh, a, well, you know, Round and a flat, four in and a, four in hand, four in one, four in hand. Yep. Yeah. So I think those those three will get you there, right? That would give you the ability to that, clean your axe. Yep. Then you can sharpen the axe, and you can hang the axe. There you go. Those That's, are the only three tools you need. There you go. And I <laughs> think. Are those, I think your, are those your three, Roy? I mean, that's let's say that's assuming well, you like, have a, some type of clamp or a bench vise sure. or something that you can clamp sure. your axe into, because that would be a little yeah. tricky. Well, um, I think those three tools, I mean, that's how you really get started out. And, yeah, and yeah. I would say that two of the three um, came from Harbor Freight. The four-in-hand four yep. and the wire wheel came from mm-hmm. Harbor Freight. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, this is God's honest truth. Whenever I was learning how to polish axes to a mirror finish, yeah. I would go to Harbor Freight and get their 20% discount. And I yeah. would get their six-inch buffer, mm-hmm. and and it would last me. It, I I could do one head on one buffer, and then it would blow up. Um, <laughs> it was that shitty, but it was that cheap that I could just replace it with the yeah. money that I made from selling the head. Yeah, yeah. Um, because I didn't do them enough. Where I was like, I'm gonna do six freaking heads right now. Like, all beer posh no all way. in a row, right? Yeah, yeah, right, no. right, yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, they would literally just stop working. <laughs> they were horrible. I think I went. I, I don't even know how many I went through. A lot. They're just junk. <laughs> so you pay um, that like uh, that like ten dollar uh, return fee. You know, you can yeah, return exactly. it once a year, no matter what. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's another that thing, right? That's Harbor Freight is like you said. That's that uh, that first day beginner. That's what that's their that's their niche, right? Is like it's all this stuff that you can come in, you buy really cheap, and you can get yourself yeah. set up and get yourself going, and then you can move on to like the bigger and better things. When you when you decide that after like twenty buffers, you now you right. need a good buffer. You know, we gotta look for something nicer that might actually last longer than one axe head. <laughs> Man, I tell you, I don't, I don't know if I've ever seen someone walk out of harbor freight and i don't know any of my friends that have ever bought any like precise like they've got milling machines they got lathes they got welders i I don't know anyone that has purchased any of that stuff yeah like Mm -hmm. i just i mean if if it's over a hundred dollars and it's electrical i'm going somewhere else yeah oh 100 Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. i mean i'm just not going to waste my money Right. And the, and the buffers, they fell into like the $40 category. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, well whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. But again, it's the, it's the 95% of people don't need those tools to last that long. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely because right. Because they're not, they're not going, they don't want to collect a hundred X heads. They want to, <laughs> they want to shine up the one that their grandfather got and the one they, they watched a YouTube video. And now they're gonna mm-hmm. go shine it up, and then if it explodes, it's fine because they only spent three dollars on it. Like, sure. <laughs> so, um, Dustin, yes, 
how many axes do you have? How many do you think you have? Uh, I so I actually pulled a bunch of my axes down recently. I was re rearranging my my usable axe shelf. So I have an axe shelf that probably holds like I think tw I think it t holds like twenty eight axes. That's all the ones that I use fairly regularly, right? Those are ones I've hung. I've sh I keep them sharp. They're the ones I use. Mm -hmm. And then sure. I have a bucket full, probably, and then other ones around. I, I'm I'm probably right around a hundred axes. There um, we go. That's that's kind of like what I. So like I said, I keep I have I probably have like forty or so that are that are rehung and ready to use. You know, like I said, wow. thirty of those that I use often, and then the other seventy are all heads or heads on broken handles or you know in any state of disrepair you know stuff that i collect <laughs> bring them to maker camp you guys are going to maker camp again aren't you oh yeah 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 Yeah, bring no, those bring are all bucket. i mean i'm just i'm always looking i'm always buying just because i like same thing i like i like the idea there's so many different styles mm -hmm. the hunt is fun for me you know going to vintage going to stores going to antique malls and just searching and looking you know you're looking yep. for that axe handle leaning against the wall in a corner mm -hmm. you know then yeah. pull that it's got a head on it i love that i love looking for stuff i like i love finding stuff um cheap and you know yeah. that hunt that's the part that draws me in um I Dustin and I discussed it. We think that right, you got all that open room, or at least last year you did. Of there was like a few vendors. Well, there weren't vendors. There were guys selling stuff. Okay. It would be great to have more people who either sold stuff or like a big where you could have an area where you could just swap stuff. Oh yeah, yeah like yeah. our grandparents, they collected bricks, and they used to go to these huge brick collecting brick swaps, where they would just <laughs> everyone would bring all their shit. And lay it out on the truck, and then you would just go, hey, I'll give you – that's a nice one. I'll give you two for that one. I think that would be a really cool thing to do at Maker Camp, just have like a, a, a maker swap, but, but not, not the maker swap. Right. Hey, speaking <laughs> of freaking maker swap, all right. Uh, we didn't want to bring uh, it up, you know. Yeah. You're a little salty. I am a little fucking salty, and I'll tell you goddamn why. I put an – I put an expensive axe. <laughs> Take a breath. <laughs> and I got something that was not very comparable. Okay, mm. that's fine. Mm -hmm. So um, I found out. I'm not going to shit talk anything. I'm done talking. I'm, I'm this conference. <laughs> this is over. I'm going to I'm going to dig a freaking hole because my mouth is going to overload my freaking ass. I just know it. <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole different show or a whole different channel we're gonna watch jeez oh, <laughs> oh man so so do you have a do you have a maker a manufacturer that you like to collect a particular pattern uh, yeah i mean i i uh so i started out when i when i first started collecting which is probably back in like uh 2010 maybe um 2011 mm -hmm. um I I started seeing Kelly heads, True Temper heads, because that's kind of what's here on the East Coast. Um, I I like the look of them. I like jerseys, um, so I started kind of looking for them. That was kind of my goal. But then then it was like, well, then I'd find something else that it wasn't it wasn't a Kelly or a True Temper or a jersey or a, something I was looking for. But then and I'd be like, okay, well I'll buy it and then maybe I'll sell it. But then I mm -hmm. wouldn't sell them. 
and be like, oh, that's kind of cool. You know, like I kind of like this Collins company, so maybe I'll start looking for Collins, you know? All right. So, and then like, then I got like a couple plum and I'm like, oh, plum's cool. You know, like, and I'm like, all right, I got a Warren and I'd be like, well, maybe I'll sell that. And then I got, I would, I, I got a, um, I got a Norland Tom, uh, Hudson Bay, like one of the small ones, the hatchets, yep. mm-hmm. um, for five bucks. That was like before wow. I knew what it was. And so I looked Sport. it up and I was like, that's kind of cool. And I saw that, you know, I could get some money for it. And I was like, maybe I'll sell that, but I didn't. <laughs> so like, <laughs> that's the thing. I still it's have like, them all. <laughs> I still have them all. And I like, I, I'll make some and I'll give them away and I'll trade. Like I've done different trades with different ax makers and stuff, you know, cause I think that's, that's more fun. Like what yeah. a, I mean, if, because for me it's a hobby, right? It's not my business. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm happy. Like I th- I'll have people reach out. I'm actually working with two different guys right now on trades that reached out to buy axes from me and I knew they were makers and I like the work they do. So I'm like, well, let's, what if we trade instead of buying? Yeah, it's you know, just to me, I'd rather get something that I really enjoy. So, sure. but yeah, so yeah, I think I kind of started there and then just, it kind of goes and it, and it goes up and down. Like I love, I love Connie's, you know, and I love Kelly. I mean, I love uh, jerseys and, and then like, but I'll, I'll get like a really nice Dayton. I like Dayton's. The only my only axe the only style I'm not a fan of is Michigan's. I'm not really a fan of the rounded stuff as much. I think it's just a well, little. Ninety like percent of everything that I find out here is Michigan. Is Michigan? So yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just I've got so many of those that I just I don't really even really care about them unless they got a, you know a cool stamp or etch or something yeah. that that makes them unique. Right. Um, but um, so oh, I was gonna let, go ahead. Let me ask you how many. So all right. How many axes do you, so obviously you sell them. So, but how many axes do you keep for yourself? Like what's your personal collection? Um, what's, what have you, and then what's like kind of your number of, of axes that have kind of come through your shop, come through your hands? Oh, through my hands total? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think it's, uh, it's around 2000. Right on. Um, yeah. Mm. I've got, um, I think I've got like, 1300 on the books right now gotcha and then i've got another trash can full of like 300 heads Mm -hmm. and then i got a couple of boxes of flying foxes i think i'm just going to keep those for like posterity like there'll be new old stock in like 20 years or something yeah right got those new old stock flying foxes (laughs) they'll be like there was only a hundred made of them i don't know (laughs) um but my my personal collection it's you know, it's the the really, it's the old stuff. My yeah. favorite my favorite manufacturer is Kelly, and mm-hmm. I live in Kentucky, so I love the early early Kelly stuff from the 1800s. I've only got mm. I think three, maybe four pieces of those, and uh-huh. then Kelly went to Indiana, Alexandria, Indiana. Um, I've got two pieces of those, so we're talking. I think they left in 1904 or something like that. Oh wow. I've forgotten yeah. the date, the timeline. Um, and then some just, you know, just unique etches. And um, I've got, I think, I don't know, 14 or 15 Black Ravens. I love Black Ravens. Yeah. Um, I love uh, Legitimus. Anything Legitimus, I just love. Yeah, me too. I think I think that usually when, when I see Legitimus, that's like, because obviously, like, I see them more often than any of the other, just like, axes in the wild that you find it's i find yeah. more legitimacy because it's a simple stamp it's not a you know really nice like big stamp um but when i when i see legitimacy i always get really excited I'm like yeah nice 
I love them. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't, I don't find very many legitimists out here. Um, mm. I just don't, I don't, I mean, I find more, uh, true temper out here than yep. anything. Um, but, uh, I don't know how many pieces I've got in my personal collection. Um, right. but I would say it's uh, 50 or so. Okay. And yeah. then ones that you, yeah, ones uh, that you're not planning on selling. Yeah. No, I, I and right. and some of the pieces also include gifts from other people. Like you're talking about trading right. or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've had some mm-hmm. some of my friends um, restore an axe and give it to me, or um, you know, just I had one one friend give me a whole bunch of axes, um, yeah. really like high end crazy axes early on, and nice. I'll never get rid. Of, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> I'll never get rid of those. Right. Um, just because I love the story, you know, like, yeah, yeah. Mm. I've got mm. more friends now than I've ever had in my life. And, and it's, I mean, I hate to say that it, it, it's centered around axes and making stuff. Yeah. Um, yep. And it's just, it's kind of weird um, for me to think about it because I've never liked people or uh, never had any friends. <laughs> um, <laughs> shocker. But uh, so, for for someone to give me something, I mean it it it's special to me, and yeah. and I don't want to get rid of them. I mean, it's, yeah, a, right. it's, it's just super nice. Yeah, and it doesn't even have to be like crazy good or anything. I mean, I've had, I mean Matthew Justice. You want to talk about him? Like, yeah, he, he gave me something. I'll, I'll never get rid of it. I mean, the guy's yeah. a fucking fool. But I love him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'll never get rid of it. Mike Miller, like he's the one that gave me a whole bunch of freaking axes early on, yeah, that, right like on. irreplaceable axes, like a paper label bluegrass thoroughbred. Oh, like, geez. I mean, come on, yeah. like yeah. find another one that doesn't exist. I don't think. Right. Um, That's crazy. So those those pieces are really special to me. Um, yeah. I love I love Girl Scout axes also. Um, yeah, right on. <laughs> just you know, just the hard stuff to find it's just not easy to come by and yep um yeah that's cool man how, how, axe. roy how do you feel about like uh changing the shape of axes like modern uh, mm-hmm. listen <laughs> um <laughs> I, you can do whatever you want to do okay now, for me, whenever I do modify axes sometimes, but they're like the parameters are pretty narrow. It's got to be a junk head, and yeah, it's got to right. be like right. mostly m- more times than not, it's unmarked. Um, yeah, you know, people that are that are grinding all these plum freaking nationals for throwing, like, okay, yeah, go right. ahead, you can do it. And you know, Gabe throw files. He does a fantastic job. I mean, yeah. his work is impeccable but like would i do that no yeah um i'm just not an axe thrower i just don't care anything about it but the stuff that he's doing i mean it's uh, like the work is fantastic taylor grimes down in Mm -hmm. north or south carolina wherever that idiot lives he does freaking fantastic (laughs) job he took a freaking uh a freaking black raven and modded it all up (laughs) because i mean people gave him shit about it uh but they didn't realize that it was just it was all fucked up. In yeah, he, right. <clears throat> like, if it's messed, I, I even modded a Black Raven because it was all fucked up. Right. Yeah, yeah. if it's already, so if, it's not, if it's not usable in its form, 
then why not right. do something else with it? Yeah. And it, and if you have a half hatchet, just go ahead and cut it up. I don't even care. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> Seriously, I, I can't stand half hatchets. I know that's what and, I I have. That's our our biggest video is the modding of the half hatchet to make it more like the bushcraft axe. That's what I called it. And uh, mm-hmm. most people love that video, but occasionally I'm like, someone's like, I can't believe you would have ruined that beautiful head. You know, my grandfather <laughs> used those heads all the time. I'm like, man, I I see so many half hatchet heads. I can buy them for two dollars. <laughs> I can go out like tomorrow and I can find twenty in the yeah. in the Maryland area. Why would you know? why would you why would you ruin one of those? They only made ten million of them. <laughs> yeah, ten million a month. it's like i'm sorry we ruined a classic but you're watching so (laughs) a classic (laughs) yeah yeah uh no right on i don't i mean listen people can do whatever they want to do because people give me shit about making epoxy handles or laminate handles or you know they think that every single axe needs to be used like can you use that epoxy handle axe i mean yeah i guess you can I mean, if you want to buy it, you can do whatever the fuck you want to do with it. Right, exactly. Um, but you don't need to. Why would you want to spend $800 on a little hatchet and, can I use this thing? Or go out and, and buy a normal hatchet for a normal price and then use the crap out of that? Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. Just because, like, people don't, people don't realize, like, whenever, whenever I make something like that, the, the fucking, the axe is honestly just the canvas for the piece of artwork right like that's all it is right Exactly. and there's nothing wrong with that like why why do you have to use this as a functional tool you don't yeah because like you said you can go to a hardware store and buy buy an axe for forty dollars and sharpen it and cut down a tree perfectly fine yeah and it'll work just as well as the axe that you buy from roy scott for you know seven eight hundred bucks except for the one you bought you made is that art piece and it's from you Right, like, why does it have to be used? Yeah, yeah. I don't, and I, I don't get, I don't get that at all. But, yeah, like, you, you know, can do whatever you want with it. Once you pay me, that's fine. It's up yeah, to you. So just don't good luck. Just, just don't put it, just don't put it in the sun. It might melt. Really? Oh, <laughs> Dude, right, I tell um, you what, man. Go um, ahead. Uh, that was, you know, I was reading your all's little thing. About worst disaster, that yeah. was probably it. I'll tie it back to yeah. that. Worst disaster, <laughs> um, using the wrong stuff and like total embarrassment in front of a you know a, a pretty big person in this you know crazy axe world industry, yeah, right. whatever you want to call it. That was really uh, embarrassing. Crazy. Yeah, I can't even imagine, man. That's crazy. Uh, so, did you did you make and sell axes with those handles previously? Like, before um, you showed them, had you sold some? Like, did you ever reach I, out to anybody and be like, hey, uh, you can send that one back to me. I'll replace it for you. Uh, nothing nothing to that extent where there would be any sort of problem like that. No. Right. I got you. But yeah. I did have one customer. Uh, I Actually, I did a giveaway. Holy shit, I forgot about this. I did a giveaway <laughs> for a, a modified zombie killers a half hatchet all cut up (laughs) with like this hybrid crazy green black epoxy handle like a big giant epoxy palm swell and this guy first day after getting it he's like hacking a tree and the handle shatters (laughs) and he sends me a picture and he's like yo bro my axe freaking broke and like the head is still stuck in a tree and i was like 
Well, that's what you get. I mean, it was, thank God it was free. Like, yeah, why would right. you fucking, why would you use that thing? Come on. You're like, it's a zombie axe, not a tree yeah. axe. Come on. Seriously, man. come on. What, what are you freaking thinking? That's the one in Whatever. your man cave, just in case you need to grab it. Seriously, like, you throw it at someone as you're running away from them. Like, just. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you throw it at the, uh, the axe junkies following you, and you, they, they trail oh, off and go to pick yeah. up the axe. Come on. <laughs> don't, don't get me started. We got to wrap this bitch up. We don't talk yeah, about right. that shit. <laughs> All right. Well, we, uh, we uh, like to end our episodes with recommendations. So, Roy, do you have any recommendations? Somebody that somebody can go out and look, look at something you like. Um, could be anything from Instagram or a movie or a book or what do you think? Mm. So we've talked enough about acts, people. I, I'll, I'll go off the script here. Uh, my buddy Trent, Trent Pressler, Pressler Woodshop, um, makes $100,000 canoes. He just sold yeah, one. He, does. Jeez. Um, he just sold it and created it up, I think, today. Um, Is that the one he's been posting about? Yeah. That's and crazy. That one's it's crazy. just so beautiful. And yeah. he's, done a, he's done a phenomenal job. Of, uh, again, kind of. He's at that expert level, but like he carries he carries the followers along step by step on how to build this canoe, and at the end of it, you just see this beautiful masterpiece that will just just freaking blow your mind. <laughs> <Yeah>. So, <laughs> if anyone doesn't know who Trent Pressler is, you're living under a rock. Go find him. P R E S something like that (laughs) something trent pressler and the hundred thousand dollar canoe he was on the axe and iron podcast big shout out to chris cash my fellow uh podcast and co-host i love that guy to death mount philip metalworks yeah um you guys should have him on i'm I'm sure it'll be very boring and it'll last (laughs) about 20 minutes Uh, well that was a good one (laughs) yeah yeah, what you guys so I actually never, I, I had never heard of, of Trent until of Chris Cash. Camp. No, oh, that's Trent. funny. Chris Cash. I can't believe you've never heard of Chris Cash. Well, I can't believe it. He's forgettable. He is a forgettable motherfucker. He won't listen to this anyway, so it doesn't matter. No. <laughs> he doesn't listen to podcasts. <laughs> but yeah, I'd, so, I'd never heard of, I'd never met or heard of Trent. And I was, I was talking to somebody and he was there and we were all kind of talking and they were, and I forget what? Was, you hadn't? Were, no. And they were like, yeah, that's Trent Pesso, the guy who makes all the canoes and stuff. And I was like, oh, I've never heard of him. I don't know how I had never heard of him. But then I looked up, and there's, like, tons of people that follow him that I follow that I know. I'm like, uh-huh. huh. And then, sure enough, like, now, like, I'm watching all this stuff. <laughs> that stuff is crazy. <laughs> and he was such oh, a chill man. dude. Like, there he was, like, chatting. I was like, oh, yeah, just like everybody oh, else. You like, know, that was the cool thing about Maker Camp. You know, everyone's just yeah. – everyone's there hanging out. Everyone's the same that, same people. We're yeah, all that, makers. Right. That was the thing where – Dustin's like, hey, that's this person, this person, this yeah. person. I had, I had no idea. I was just like, all right, cool. I'm here. We'll shoot some stuff. All right, right like, on. There's Roy Scott. Wait. There's Chris Cash. Look, there's the dudes. Like, I, I, I don't know who are they. I don't know. Yeah. They look like fools. Tattoos. Seriously, you didn't know these people, Devin? No, no, no. Really? He's, yeah, he's, I'm a, I'm a, yeah, I do the, the filming stuff. I'm a, I'm in that world. I do sports video production, so. Yeah, yeah the, but like your brothers 
in and around all these people all the time and yeah. freaking like the 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 subject matter the videos that you all are making like everything kind of ties in you got to do a little freaking background research do you even know who the fuck i <laughs> no. am Devin? No, I, I, i'm not sure well you said i was pretty drunk so i might not remember you i don't know <laughs> <laughs> Devin's been to tons of things. He just doesn't remember any of them. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I get too excited this... and I go too hard early. You're going to end the show. I'm going to get off the call and Devin's going to be like, who? Seriously, who the fuck? Who was that? that? I was like, I've been drinking the whole time. I don't know who we're talking to. <laughs> Some guy uh, with a loud mouth. Oh, God. All right. Well, my recommendation this week is actually another buddy of yours. Um, mm. And that is. Uh, James Fleming from Wasteland Forge. Oh yeah, I um, love that guy. I don't think I, I don't think I've ever recommended him. I know you guys had him on, but he does awesome work. Um, mm-hmm. Super chill dude. Seems like such a nice guy. I've never met him, but like really cool work and just like just killer like awesome axe. I mean awesome knives. Um, mm-hmm. Makes those cool like you know wrapped file tomahawks and stuff. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, exactly. Oh. All the war clubs. Yeah, the uh, the rifle stock mm-hmm. war clubs. Awesome yep. stuff. So. Go check out um, that's Wasteland Forge on Instagram, James Fleming. And you can also check him out on um, uh, Full Blast Podcast with Jeff Fader. He has a really good episode on there. Oh, that's right. Back. Yeah, it's really good. I heard on it too. Right on. Yeah. yeah. All right, Dev, what do you got? Um, I just watched uh, Licorice Pizza. Yeah, <laughs> Weird so. name. Paul Thomas Anderson movie, uh, his latest one really good um really cool and i had no idea there's this uh have you ever have you ever heard of the band haim h-e-i-m sounds terrible (laughs) haim (laughs) haim it is it's a this is where we lose uh, the audience (laughs) (laughs) no three chicks um they're just sisters so that's cool but it's uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, Paul Thomas Anderson. Are you Anderson. drunk right now? And, and No, no, never. <laughs> Anything Paul Thomas Anderson does is fantastic. So uh, yeah. go watch what? Licorice Pizza. Name name something else that he's done uh, that Mag- I would know. Magnolia. Yep, Magnolia. Um, Wasn't uh, Tom Cruise in that? Yep. Pun- yep, Punch Drunk Love. Oh, that was horrible. Um, there, will be, there Will Be Blood. Come on, there will be blood. Uh, was that Day-Lewis. Tom Hardy? Oh, Tom Hardy. Who am I? What, what movie am I thinking of? Something worse than there will be. There will be blood is like the best movie in the last. I think uh, there 20 will years. be blood has like a thirty-minute intro where there's no, there's no, no dialogue, talking. right? Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's how yeah. you know it's good. That's how you know yeah, it's good. I, See, this that was, the, that was that was hard for me to get past. That was hard for me to get past. <laughs> Just, uh, just scrolling through Instagram, like, come on, yeah. how many times can what? this guy dig a hole? <laughs> you know, I kind of felt that way about that new movie that just came out. What was it called? The something, the Power of the Dog, or something like that. Oh yeah, yeah. Cumberbatch. I, I didn't and, see it, but I heard about it. So my wife and I watched it, and it's one of those movies where you're like, come on, come on, come on, and like the final scene, or like the final two scenes. It's the big reveal, and you're like, "All right, that was that part was really cool," and it makes you forget how shitty and boring the rest of the movie, like the all the beginning was. And I and I read I read two really good interviews with Sam Elliott specifically yeah. about that movie, and he is dogging it. He's like, "What the fuck is up with this director? 
thinking that <laughs> she can film in New Zealand and think it's Montana. It's not Montana. What's up with all these people wearing chaps all the time? Chaps in this and chaps in that and chaps with no shirts. <laughs> and he just he just thought it was a big piece of crap. So whenever I read that, I was like, yeah, Sam, you and I are fucking like, I fucking got your back on this one. You are right. Minus the last two scenes. The last two scenes are pretty fucking good. Well, watch There Will Be Blood. That's worth your time. All right. They they shoot shoot everything in country. It's forgettable. Please. Please. That's so good. There will be. I mean, it's no die hard. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) And there's the difference. (laughs) Roy Scott. Yeah. It's no uh, Marvel movie. You know, they can't all be all that. Dude, I'm so sick of Marvel movies. Yeah, thank you. At least you said that. You said one thing right. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. On that note, we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up, Roy. It's been a blast, man. Thank you so much. Um, You guys can find Roy on Instagram at the vintage vintage axe works on Instagram, and then what's what's your uh, website? Just vintageaxeworks.com. Correct. As well. So if you're interested in getting an awesome axe. You can find them there, and then you can also listen kind of semi-weekly, right? You guys are putting out podcasts pretty yeah. weekly as long as you're healthy of the Axe and Iron Correct. podcast. Yep. Chris Cash and Roy Scott. That's been fun, man. I, I love listening to Axe and Iron. I, was, I listened to your one that you guys just put out. Um, it was hilarious. You're joking, right? No. <laughs> I like the uh, I like the part about the uh, snow globe on top of the drink. <laughs> it's <laughs> a real the, thing. It's a real the, thing. But then you got to the bottom and you're like drinking the last <laughs> bit with the, the whipped cream. You're like, that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Oh God, so idiot. make sure you guys head over to YouTube. Uh, check us out there. Subscribe. The Art of Craftsmanship. You can also follow me on Instagram at The Art of Craftsmanship and Devin at The Art of Camera Guy to see what's happening behind the scenes. And if you guys want to support us our work you can go over to patreon.com slash the art of craftsmanship and check us out there all right devin been a blast roy yeah it was awesome having you, you on man appreciate no problem. it everybody else thanks so much for listening and we will talk to you guys next time bet mgm has an unreal deal for sports fans in virginia turn five dollars into 150 dollars instantly when you place your first wager at bet mgm simply download the bet mgm app and sign up using code champion 150 then place a five dollar wager on any sport you'll receive 150 dollars in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome and if you think the fun stops there the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store check out daily promotions same game parlays live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc